We're talking about Love, 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 Welcome to the power of unity. We're talking about love, 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 love. We're talking about love, 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 love. Oh, love. Welcome to the power of unity. Welcome to the power of unity. I'm your host, Apostle Al Pharaoh. If you want to call into the show, a call for prayer, you can call area code 213-338-50. Again, the area code is 213-338-50. If you want to request a topic for the show, you can email me at pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. That's pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you. And until next time, Love. God bless you and welcome to the power of unity. I'm your host, Apostle Alfred Barrow. And on tonight's show, we're going to deal with will you say yes? And what I mean by will you say yes, will you say yes to God's will? And tonight's show, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 13. And will you say yes? But we're going to start at verse 1 to get down to um, the question that God asked Isaiah. And as God leads tonight, we're going to indulge and say, will you say yes? And I will tell you a little testimony dealing with me, um, why this is also a personal teaching that I had to say yes to God's will. Um, you can be saved and still got to still say yes to God's will. It is possible that you can serve God and been living for God a uh, majority of your life, but still haven't said yes to his will for your life, for what your purpose is and what you need to be doing in him for him to work through you for the sake of someone else that might need what God has placed in you. Because most times what we go through in life, we think that we're going through because of something bad that we've done or how, um, or it's just because it's just dealing with us. The fact of the matter is that many times we go through things because of what we're supposed to do for others. And the Bible says, look on the things of others before yourself. So Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 13, um, it says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now watch this first part. And the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord. Um, sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So right here we know that this 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 word here, where Isaiah is sitting, he's actually in heaven, um, seeing point of seeing God or seeing a point of view, um, that man that normal man cannot see. So we all know Isaiah is actually a prophet, 
So he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne. I lifted up in his train filled the temple. Above it stood the Sheriffims. Each one had six wings with twine, and he covered his face. And with twine, he covered his feet. And with twine, he did fly. Now let's understand what the Sheriffims are. Sheriffims are fiery serpents. So every, every snake or every serpent doesn't, does not necessarily mean that it's the enemy. Um, so this is a fiery serpent. And remember, Jesus said, be wise um, as a serpent and homeless as a dove. In other words, he don't want you striking anyone, but he wants you to be able to be wise and use wisdom of how to manage or how to do um, a certain thing. So above it stood, stood the Sheriffims. Each one had six, six wings. With twine, he covered his face, and with twine, he covered his feet, and with twine, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Watch this. So God's presence filled the house up. God's presence um, was there. And the Shirafims again are fiery serpents. And this, the scene is taking place, or what we're reading is taking place is in heaven. And so Isaiah is seeing from a heavenly point of view, we're um, seeing God in heaven. Okay, so, and we're talking about will you say yes to God's will? The, verse 5 says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. And dwelled in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, verse 5 is saying, Isaiah said, I'm undone. I'm unclean. I'm not worthy to literally see what I'm seeing. I'm not worthy to walk in what I'm walking in. I'm not worthy to be in this place because I'm undone. I'm a person unclean. And I, I got unclean lips. I talk dirty sometimes. I cuss sometimes. I talk crazy sometimes, but then he turns around and say, he said, because I'm in the midst of a people with unclean lips. So in other words, around me is people talking crazy, people using profanity, people that's always negative. And in, in James, he talk about bitter and sweet water can't come out of the same fountain. And no man can tame the tongue, so it takes God to tame the tongue. So verse 6 says, then flew one of the sheriffs, again, a fiery serpent, unto him having live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues off the altar, and laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Now watch this. So now Isaiah realized that I'm in a heavenly place. God bless you. I'm in a heavenly place. I'm in a I'm in a place that's that that is holy. But he also confessed his sins in a place that of with someone that can take away his sins. So Isaiah says, so when Isaiah said that, the Shir Shirfims come and put on his tongue, he put on his lip, and he said, Your sins are purged. So now what happened is if I can't tame my own tongue and I can't tame man's tongue, which means I can't control my own tongue and man can't I can't control nobody else's tongue. So I need somebody that know how to control and lead a song to how to speak. So Isaiah 
So the seraphim said, your sins have been purged. And so watch this, verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Now Isaiah turns around and say, uh, then said I, here am I, send me. So now God asked a question. God asked, who will go for us? And then Isaiah says, I will go. Here I am, send me. Because remember, his first word was, watch this change of his tongue in the heavenly place. His tongue changed when he said, when the cherubim touched it with the live cold, and he said, now you're clean. So now you don't have to be worrying about if you're in sin or not. You don't have to be worrying about if you're out of line with God or not, because you're in a rightful place. You're in a place of, of new beginnings. You have a new outlook on life. Now you can speak with the voice of angels. You can speak um, the purity of God's word as he put it in your mouth. You can do these things is because your sins have been, your sin has been purged. And most times when we talk about sin, we got to understand many times sin he's talking about is the devil. So the devil has been purged. He's been, he's been removed from you. He's been, you've been forgiven. You've been set free and watch this now. So he says, his tongue changes in verse 8 because he says, now send me. Because remember, at first he said, I'm a man with unclean lips. I'm undone. I'm seeing something that I should not see. And obviously, sometimes we get in a place that if God tells us that it's okay and he's given us a will to do or he wants us to do something, he brings, up to, brings us up to a place and we say we're not worthy of it because of where we are or because of what I've done, or because of what, um, what I'm around. Your surroundings don't make you anything, because let me show you this. He said, your sin has been purged. Not, not everybody around you, but your sins have been purged. So I'm causing you to be a mouthpiece or to be an example to the life of them that need to have the same example that you had, or that need the same deliverance that you had. So the question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes to God's will? Will you say yes to do his will, to go to the highways and to the byways and compel all men to come unto the Father? Will you do that? Will you be willing to stand up and be counted as God's righteousness um, and God's light? The Bible says, will a man light a candle and put it under a bushel? Now, this is a parable. And he said, because, watch this, who will hide light? You need light in your house, but then you're going to light that candle and you're going to hide it under a bush. And then after a while, what that light is going to do is going to catch fire to that bushel and it's going to set fire to your house. So now I need to make sure that this light that I have, this little light that I have, I'm going to let it shine and I'm going to let it shine to all that is in darkness. Let me show you something. Light cannot shine if light is already a light. Mm -mm. And it, it, it makes no sense to put light with light. It makes sense to put light in darkness. Because whenever there's darkness, light illuminates or causes darkness to flee. So there has to be light for darkness to flee. But we cannot change anything if we don't allow ourselves to become the light that God has desired for us. Not desire the spotlight, but actually be the light for them that are lost. That's why he said, go to the highways and byways and compel. The highways and byways and compel means the highways and byways are the darkness place. They are dark places. 
there are places where where there is no life or there is no light or there is no um there is no purpose of hope so now you have to be the hope for them that need hope you got to be the joy of them that need joy you got to be the happiness of them that need happiness you got to be the peace of them that need peace you need to you got to be the healing of them that need healing this is what we have to understand that when i say yes to god's will i'm not saying yes for men in darkness to honor me and love me um for what i do for them mm -mm. i want to be light watch this i want to be the the light and not in the spotlight because if i am the light then someone can get saved and serve the same god and get the same life i have because god is not a respect of persons so now when he calls us we got to understand we got to ask this question to ourselves will i go when he called because he told isaiah he said he he asks a question verse eight i also heard of heard the voice I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people. Now watch this. Isaiah couldn't go tell nobody anything until his mouth and his tongue got cleansed. He scourged, he scourged the sin out of his mouth. He purged him. He actually freed him for whatever the enemy could use his tongue for or what he could use his tongue for or what he hear around him uh, and, and it enter into his thoughts and then they come out of his mouth. And the Bible says it's not what enter into the man that defile the man, it's what comes out of the mouth. So just because you around vain people doesn't mean you are vain because they're vain. What happens is you only become vain when you start indulging in what they're indulging in. in. But when you become light, watch this, you become light to a to a land or to a people that's looking for safety or ready to land at home they're looking for they're looking for land because they're they're in a place that doesn't have no existence so when there is no existence there is no life and when there is no life there is no purpose and when there is no purpose there is no existence of anything good in other words all we will find is death and despair we'll find with our lifeless people that's going around thinking and trying to find a reason to live and try to find a reason, a reason to exist. But when they try to exist, they find themselves always back at square one because they don't realize in order for me to come out of darkness, I have to have help to get me out of where I'm at. In other words, if I'm going to be a fish and I want to come out of, um, I want to come out of the water. I need a fisherman. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be drowning in water, I need somebody to come help me get out of the water because I can't get out myself. If I'm, if I'm losing everything I have, I got to have somebody that already know the process and the way to get out of whatever I've been suffering with. So I got to be able to have somebody or God has to have somebody that knows the way of salvation that knows the way of peace, that knows the way of joy, that knows the way back to Christ. Listen, when you go out, you remain on a straight and narrow in your spirit as he operate in you and through you. So then you walk in the straight and narrow path to be able to keep going to get people back. And so every time you go out, you have the way to go back to the Father, to get back to the Father through Jesus. So we need the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost keeps us in protects us and always is a God back to us that are in life. 
So as we go out into darkness, the light constantly guide us. And that means we don't be overtaken by darkness. So he says, he says, and he said, go and tell these people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. I want you to go prepare them. I want you to go tell them what's about to come. I want you to tell them and equip them that there's a savior coming. There's a savior that's going to come save your soul. I want you to realize that somebody is coming to be able to be a lamp to your feet. Whenever you don't understand and whenever you can't see clearly, he's coming to be able to shine light on where you're walking. That way, when night comes, you're not just going to be bumping into things, which what you're going to do, you're going to be the light of the world. And the reason you're the light of the world is because you didn't allow yourself to be hidden. Now, I told you all in the beginning, I was going to tell you a little bit about myself. For years, I always said, God, what you chose me for, can somebody else do? I think highly of Apostle Murray. I think highly of, of I thought highly and think highly of Bishop G.E. Patterson and, 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 and um, Lord Jesus. I, I think highly of Dr. Miles Monroe. I think highly of these men of God. I think highly of, of these people. I think for highly of Billy Graham. And I said, God, you got these great men. And now I know these three I said is dead, but you still got Apostle Murray still in the earth that's still running and preaching truth. And Apostle Murray, and I said, God, send them. What about them? And just recently, I tell you, I accepted to do everything God chose me to do. And so I laid down in the bed and God said, you have no other choice because I chose you for it. I equipped you for this. And because what he equipped you for, you got to understand that when you're in a place that God is ready for you to work. I heard this today. God gave me, he said, you're ready to work. He said, and because you're ready to work, he said, if you miss anything now, he said, it's going to be, a, it's going to be more detrimental when you was being, than when you was being prepared. And the reason why you're going to be missing what you need. It's like saying, for instance, you got a puzzle. And when you have a puzzle and you've got some of the pieces missing, you are actually literally, watch this, you're going to end up missing the mark of that puzzle of putting that whole puzzle together because you don't have all the pieces. So now this is very a, a prestigious plan. It's, um, it's, a, it's a good time that I'm in because it was a time for a month ago, I was at a place just waiting on God to learn how to wait. And now I have to learn how to wait while I'm moving. In other words, do what he has given me to do while I'm moving. And so today here in California, me and my wife, we was out and, and we got a building today. And God is so amazing, but we got to keep on moving. And then it was said we can use it and do as God give as if it's our own building. And I said, okay. And then I start thinking we can do this on Thursday. Do No, 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 no. God said right now, just Sundays. And that's what we're going to operate on until God say otherwise. Watch this. We have a place we can hold revivals if we need to, because when God actually speaks and God begins to break um, strongholds off of your life and he's prepared you, he's equipped you for the battle. He's equipped you for the work. Your responsibility is is say, yes, God, how you want me to do it. Yes, God, lead me to do it. Yes, God, I would do it your way. Yes, God, it's not my will, but thy will be done. Come here, Jesus. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus had an opportunity. He prayed to God um, thrice, and he said three times, and he said, if it be another way, let this cup pass from me. 
But he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And Jesus come back again. He went and seen his disciples sleep and he comes back again. He said, he said, if it be another way, let this cup pass from me. Because this was a, what Jesus had to get ready and go through and deal with is a bitter cup. And see, some of us want the spotlight. Some of us want God's will. And some of us have said yes. But then when we get out into the platforms and the, and the highways and the hedges and people start seeing what God can do through us, then now we begin to get, fra- get afraid or we begin to compromise and start operating just like what they are operating. In other words, when he sent you to the world, he didn't send you to the world to into darkness to actually be contaminated. He sent you to heal the contaminated. He sent you to heal the sick. He sent you to raise them from the dead. And I'm not talking about the natural. So you got people that's in the spirit that has cancer. You got people that's in the spirit that got HIV and AIDS. You got people in the spirit that's, that's bound with all type of diseases, but they don't know how to be free. So God began to speak to me today because I had kind of got down last night. And, and when I was at the gym, I was still kind of down and because somebody sent me something. And I said, God, um, I've already taught this and I'm doing what you tell me to do. But what is their purpose? And God told me, he said, if I chose you and I sent you forth, some people want to keep ties to you because when you rise up higher, they can take they can take authority to say, look what I've done for the person. And then God turned around. Watch this, what happens. So then God began to speak to me. He said, you're in a place now that you got to learn how to manifest the word. So as you manifest the word, the word becomes flesh. The words become reality. The word becomes um, the very exact existence of God. But as long as the words stay in the Bible and long as the words stay just um, written, then I'm, it's going to just be there. And that's why you got to find so many debates. And when there's so many debates about the word of God, uh, other than allowing it to be manifested in the earth, you're going to have different opinions, different doctrines. Why? It's because it not, it have not become reality. It has, it has not, it's just another book or storybook. But when it becomes life, it's not only a storybook, but it's reality for you and it's understanding and the testimony for you to be able to live and do what God told you to do. Watch this. The Bible says we overcome by the word of our testimony and the Bible is nothing but a big testimony. We know that there's a lot of people out there that say that man wrote the Bible and this ain't right and that ain't right. And the question that I have is who told you this ain't right? The same people that say that the Bible is written by man. How are you getting your information? Where do you get your information? How did you get your information? Where did you get your proof? Because if man is the one who wrote the Bible, then obviously you're the same one that's getting information from man. Science, science is only proven by other men. It's an agreement through, through many people to say that this is right. So we believe science, we believe astrology, we believe everything else. But the Bible is wrong because a man wrote it. And if a man wrote it, a man wrote the Quran, the man have wrote this, a man have wrote that. And if we're if we're really going to be honest, then we have to be able to say that a man wrote everything. So now everybody has an opinion or what they believe is right. They took an opinion and made it be true. Now, the question is, um, Kyrie Irving had said something that everybody got angry at him about it. Kyrie Irving said that the earth is flat. 
And everybody said, no, you everybody know the earth is round. But the reason we know it is because a man taught it. And now why do he know it? He had to take it to himself or learn it on his own or whatever it is. But when we say the Bible is wrong and we say the Bible is not necessarily accurate, then we're taking the account of some man telling us that is wrong and this is wrong. So if that's the case, that means everybody's knowledge of anything should not, they don't have no credit, no credibility to prove what they're saying. But us that live holy and that's supposed to live in light, that you're not just relying on what you read in the word of the pages, but you're relying on a heavenly divine interpretation because the interpretation belongs to God. So you're seeking God for the interpretation. You're seeking God for the understanding. So as the Bible says that every word that's written was given by inspiration of God. So with that being true, and if that is true, then we have to understand that if I'm going to understand anything biblically, I got to first go to the God that gave it. Not just look at the men that was in the Bible because they were just given an account of what they knew. Just like scientists give an account what they know and, and a doctor give an account what they know. And they learn all of these things through trial and error from a man. So every one of us have to understand, ask this question. Am I willing to just denounce one thing that come against me just because I don't agree with it? Or am I willing to ask God what is true from what's not true? That's why the Bible says, let God be true and every man be a lie. That's why the Bible says, cursed is the man that put his trust in man. So when God sends you, he asked Isaiah, he, he said to Isaiah, he said, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, send me because he changed his tongue. He changed his approach the way he talked. He changed his approach the way he looked at things because he got clean. He was set free. Now, him, how many of us that have tasted of the goodness of God and have went backwards because somebody offended you or you thought, I heard one man said that it's just an emotional thing. And when he realized it was just emotional, um, he actually ended up turning away from God. Now, the question is, is that did you serve him because of something you thought was right in a feeling you had or, or or because of somebody else or a pastor or a preacher? Or did you get to know him for yourself on a personal relationship? And, and what I mean by the personal relationship is that you move emotion out of the way to get to know the person. The person, Jesus, get the person to know his person. And when you get to know the person, then you won't you'll understand that it's better and greater than just emotions because emotions should not be involved because emotions are fleshly and natural. So now I got to be willing to allow the spirit to be able to lead me into right pastures to understand the truth of his will, not just get emotional because every watch this, because when you get emotional, you can change by every wind and every wind that blows. That's why the Bible tells you don't believe every doctrine, every wind of doctrine, because the doctrines of man can cause you to go left or right. A doctrine of man can cause you to want to kill yourself. And, and see, we denounce the King James Version of the Bible and say it's not accurate, it's not right. And we find so many people arguing and fighting to prove their intellect of that truth. But we don't find anybody really saying what is God saying about this matter? And see, if God is saying, then God is going to add his word up with his word. That's why he said line, pun, line, precept, pun, precept, because the line, pun, line, precept, pun, precept, got to understand he is the line and he is the precept. 
So if you get the understanding of the line of him and you get the precept, what he get great reason why he gave it, then you'll be able to gain knowledge of what heaven says. But what we don't understand is that we get so caught up that we start running too fast. We start, we got a zeal and we get too quick to run. And when we get too quickly to run, we end up missing what God wants. And God has already sent and saved some and cleansed them. And when he cleansed them, he wants to see who can he trust with his light to go out among the brethren. See, um, Lucifer was the most, they say he was the most beautiful angel. He, he, he was the, he was shined so bright and then he shined so greatly. And when he got done shining, you looked upon him and said, mm, look how great he is. That's the same way that when he was cast down, people got to understand God didn't take script him for anything. He just cast it out. And when he cast it out, now you got Hollywood. Now you got the stars. Now you got this. And when the light shine on you, it shows whether you really upright or not. And we got to be able to change us. When you will, you say yes. Will you say yes to his will? Will you say yes to his way? Will you say yes to do what it is that, that he, you have been put on this earth to do? There's so much potential. Dr. Miles Monroe said, the richest place on earth is the graveyard. And when he first said, I heard him say that, I thought he was crazy. And then I realized, no, he's not crazy. It is the richest place because a whole lot of people died without even really ever reaching a potential. There's, there's businesses and ideas that no man can even get right now because the people died with it. And we got to learn how to honor them that has vision. Because when the person has vision, the vision comes from God. I don't care whether you saved or not, your vision comes from God. You didn't just think this on your own. God allowed it to happen. That's why the Bible, I was listening to Dr. Miles Monroe today as I was at the gym, and he said, Dr. Miles Monroe was talking about how the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the righteous. So he went and prayed to God. He said, God, what does this mean? And God told him to go read it. He went and read it, but then he said, there's another verse after that. He said, and that verse says that you leave an inheritance for your children's children, which means your grandchildren have an inheritance. He said, but some people don't even, their grandkids don't have nothing left over after you die because you leaving clothes ain't no inheritance. He said, so basically we behind, we losing. But a lot of people don't even look at scripture and see what Jesus said. Jesus actually talked about, he talked about um, a steward, how steward, he was, he was not a good steward at first, he actually wasted his master's um, goods. And when the master called to say, let me call an account of the stewardship of the books you've done, the steward had said, let me make this quick move. And he started calling everybody that owed something and said, well, you pay half of this and do this. And the Bible counted him as a good steward. First, he was unjust, but then he turned around to be just. Why? It's because he actually literally did something that was very wise. But then the Bible turns around and talks about how when 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 Jesus says that, OK, since you became a good steward, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to trust you with that. But then the Bible also says our Messiah told us to make friend with the world. Oh, wait a minute. Because when you make friend, you understand that everything they have is already yours. They just they just started it for you. But you got to learn how to possess the land by manifesting scripture. So God allowed me to see 
that a lot of people didn't like Dr. Miles Monroe because Dr. Miles Monroe produced manifestations. He manifested the word into life. He manifested the word into being. And any two time God have chose you for something and God teaches you how to manifest and do his will, you're able to reach those that need to be reached. But you can't reach every, listen, everybody is not assigned to everybody. There are certain groups of people that you're assigned to that God have chose you for, but will you go? Will you go to them? Will you take your life experience and teach them what God showed you in the midst of your trials? Will you, will you go to them and tell them how good, how great God is and um, how great he is because he took you through your valley and you came out of your valley with no scrape, no scars, no nothing. And when you came out, you came out with victory and you came out on the other side shining as bright as ever. And God led you into life. He led you into peace, he led you into joy. And for the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And because he's my strength, then I can do what he said he chose me to do. Because watch this, he already cleaned me up. He already cleaned my tongue. He already sanctified me. He already anointed me. He already put his blood and, and on my doorpost, on my forehead. And when he did that, he caused me to walk through, um, walk through the valley shadows of death. And I fear no evil because he was always there. But the question is, when it is time for you to actually stand up and stand out, will you stand up and stand out? Will you stand up and be what he said? Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says that they they watch their trial. They they um the king had made a statue and said, at this certain time when when the when this horn blow, you you have to bow down to worship it. And they told him they didn't bow down, so they went uh, people went told on them. You got to be careful that people watch you and people are watching your actions. And some people are doing things and allow things to happen to see if you will stop. But you got to keep on pressing anyhow because God prepared you. God equipped you for this. And so they, they get there and they bow down. They, no, they wouldn't bow down. They even told the king. They said, well, the, listen, I only should bow down for my Lord, my God. And the king said, listen, if you don't do this, I'm going to have to kill you. But the king wrath was so mad, he got so angry to the point that he turned the fire up to the thump degree, to the highest degree it could go. And the men that threw the men got burnt up, slew. But they didn't die because in the midst of that turmoil, Jesus was there. He goes, look on the inside and said, I see a fourth that walked around. Did we not bound three up and throw them in? I see four. And the fourth looked like the son of man. And watch this. Jesus was there in the fire with them. And when they got out, they didn't smell like smoke. They didn't look like they didn't look like they'd been in the fire. But what they looked like, they shined as gold and they became, watch this, God calls them to become um, order in, in the land. They became elevated in the land because why? It's because whenever you have been prepared for something and you go through something, you're able to lead them that go through the fire too. But you can't lead nobody if you're not willing to allow yourself to get out of everything God took you through to put you where you need to be. What's the point of suffering and then you don't get where you need to be? You don't begin to do and see the good of the land. I told one of the people that followed us here to California, I was teaching her and, and God gave me to tell her everything in life don't have to be bad. There's some roads that be smooth, but it only be smooth after you already went down the bumpy road. And guess what? 
when is your time and you've been clean? The bumpy rules have to end. I will stop here. This is a powerful teaching. Will you say yes? Will you say yes to God's will? Will you say yes to do what he chose you to do? Until next time. Welcome, Welcome to, to the power, power of unity. unity. I'm, I'm your host, Apostle Alfred Pharaoh. Pharaoh. If, if you, you want to call into the show or call, call for prayer, you can call area code 213-338-50. Again, the area code is 213-338-50. If you want to request a topic for the show, you can email me at pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. That's pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you. And until next time, love you.